Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. I just had a bone broth. I did too! <laughs> did you? Oh my God, which one did you have? Uh, the chicken, ginger, turmeric. Oh, I had the beef, truffle, rosemary one. Mm. You so, are saving my skin right now I? with your food recommendations. Yeah. Wow. You really are. You are. I don't like, I'm partway, partway, I'm like one and a half weeks into a nutrition challenge that I'm like 80% hitting for real, mm. which is better than anything I've done in the last two and a half years. And it's because <laughs> of your bone broth and your air fryer chicken recipe. Nice. What? Well, mm-hmm. I, I had food poisoning over the weekends. So if you ever want to lose those last oh, two pesky, shitty. those last two pesky pounds, I can tell you exactly how to do it, but it ain't pretty. I don't want to, I'm not going to ask you what you ate because after you spend a weekend throwing up, that's the last thing you want to think about. So. Yes. yes. I, w- I wish I had been throwing up, Nikki. Let's leave it at that. Oh. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Oh, yeah. I, I can fit into my skinny girl jeans now, though, so that's nice. Hey, all you have to do is poop hot dog water for a weekend. And you're all all good. that matters. That's, that's really, a, man, we were on a classy show. Hey, speaking of class, we've, uh, we, have, we have a new guest on tonight, head of marketing at uh, CrossFit headquarters, Keith Knapp. Keith, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for having me. That, that uh, initial you have in between your first name, and your last name is throwing me off. I want to call you Keith the Knapp. Like, okay. Like it, Keith just, the Knapp. No, that's Keith E, uh, E for Edward. Just, just throwing me off somehow. <laughs> like he's the nap. I just want to call him the nap. It's great. Nice. Well, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, like I said, I watched a couple of the episodes, so I'm like, uh, feel like I'm I'm ready to jump jump right in. Yay! So, so Nikki <laughs> Keith and I uh, became acquainted because he randomly sends me this uh, meme material, which turned out to be a really good meme, by the way. Oh, <laughs> really good one. It was a video of himself. Keith is very fit. And uh, it was a video of him doing uh, pull-ups in his, in his garage gym, butterfly okay. pull-ups, actually. And the entire rig comes down, <gasps> down and he crashes on the floor, you know. He's like, oh, no. you, you know, you can use this. <laughs> and I always hesitate a little when it's a fail video. Like, there's, there's a balance between how funny is it and how violent is it. You know? Right, right. And, you know, he was like, hey, I'm good. It gave me an excuse to buy a new new pull-up bar. It's oh, okay. Really good. So I'm considering it and I go look at his profile and it says head of marketing CrossFit. I'm like, Oh, I'm using this bitch. I have to <laughs> There's no option. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. No so option. funny. Well, what happened, Keith? What happened in the, the <clears throat> I mean, famous um, video? I've been doing the garage gym thing forever and have made a lot of my own equipment. Um, and this was another example of um, homemade equipment that just kind of outlived its life. It was, uh, it was basically just, um, steel pipe that had been threaded into kind of, um, you know, 90 degree angles. And then some, uh, basically flanges that were screwed into the joists and the thread ripped out of the steel pipe. Um, and I mean, it's been hanging on the garage. It had been hanging on the garage ceiling for like four or five years. And, you know, I'm roughly 200 pounds and there's a lot of butterfly pull-ups and toes to bar and bar muscle mm-hmm, ups that have been mm-hmm. done on that. And this was just, it was time for the threads to go and they went <laughs> right in the middle of the set. Of <laughs> Do we need a, like, don't try this at home, uh, like <laughs> on this episode, like, please do not build your own rigs in your own garages. Don't do it. We have great equipment companies that can help you with that. We do. And it, like, like John said, it was a perfect example uh, of like, 
what not to do. And mm. I showed it to my wife and she said, we're bu- like, just go buy a new one, like a real one. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's done. So now we've got a, a great, uh, a rogue pull up bar that hangs from the same exact spot that the, that the pipes were hanging. Nice. From. That's good. Nice. Yeah. And, and every time you, you post a video that. now, I like why I'm like, is this one going to fall too? It's like the oh, suspense God. and it doesn't. <laughs> and I'm always disappointed somehow. <laughs> like, damn and he didn't fall this time. It's no fun. Well, Keith, I would love to learn a little bit more about what your role as head of marketing means for CrossFit, because I feel like, man, marketing is such a catch-all tool. I mean, catch-all word, rather. And yeah. you need every tool, basically, in the toolbox in order to for make sure. it effective. So, like, what what do you do within that space? Yeah, I mean, a, a big part of what my role is, is um, I act as an interface between our lines of business and our content and publishing teams. So, like, we've obviously been known for 20 years as, a, as an organization that can put out really incredible content. And that's never going to change, right? Like, the, the power in the story that gets told about what happens inside of an affiliate is, like, the meat and potatoes of what our marketing will always be. Um what we've got to do a better job of, and I think what we're learning to do a better job of is understanding what are the business objectives that we're trying to achieve on the EDU side from a training perspective, on the gym side with affiliates, and then on the sports side with driving open, driving games, ticket sales, things like that, understanding what those objectives are and how we can leverage the storytelling to help achieve those objectives. So I'm kind of playing a middle kind of a, a quarterback role to some extent, like understanding what the business needs and how can we use the content and our publishing tool through all of our channels um, to help deliver against those business objectives. That's uh no pressure. Like it's a <laughs> yeah, no pressure huge at all. role. Oh my goodness. No You're basically like, how are we the mouthpiece of the entire company to make every single objective happen? What I'm sure, I'm sure every department has its, own thoughts and its own <laughs> like yes. my mind is going to explode. They're basically like um make make people come to us through every yeah. channel. Thanks, bye. It, it, and it's um I it started out like like that I think in some instances like it was um because I, I think this is no um I mean there's nothing new about what I'm going to say but like the the word marketing just didn't get used um, yeah. at CrossFit for a long time. And um, in some cases, it was like kind of considered a thing that you shouldn't use. Um, and, you know, I mean, Glassman said that himself in a lot of instances in conversations about like how to grow affiliates. Like the real thing you should do is just chase excellence. You don't really need marketing. If you're trying to lean into marketing, maybe you're not building the right product. And um, I'm offended at that. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> and, no. so, and so it was like some of that is. Um, it's maybe true, like product in a lot of ways, like will drive great word of mouth, which will drive great, you know, like um, traffic in the doors and then great retention. But um, there's also like plenty of room to do great storytelling and to make sure that the storytelling you're doing is connected to what you want the business to do from a growth perspective. And um, just like clearing the air when I first got into the role, um, I started like the week before the games last year. Um, and so like when I first got in, it was like, who's this marketing guy? Like we don't do marketing. What's mm-hmm. going on here? Um, and so there was like some, you know, terms and definitions that had to be clarified and um, some just um, what is a KPI? Exactly. What are we doing here? <laughs> um, right. Objective. What does that mean? Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, once we got kind of the, the framework 
you know, built for what it was we were trying to achieve. Everybody was like, oh, now I get it. Um, and so we're building, now we're in the process. Um, there's a couple people on my team that are in the process of taking kind of the, what we did when we first came in was we said, all right, let's go all the way to the top. What are the objectives, right? Um, and now that we've got a pretty clear understanding as to what those big objectives are, like the big problems we have to solve, um, we're taking like another step down. So what are the initiatives that are going to help us get there? And like, what are the plans to drive those specific initiatives forward? So um, now that we're in that spot, it's we're getting a lot more questions like, well, what is, what's the creative execution going to look like? And what are the oh, tactics that we're going to use? Oh, and so okay. um, now that we're getting into that space, it's like, okay, now there's a, another like opportunity to do some education through the rest of the company. Like, all right, here's the tools we could, he might, we might use and here's um, the approach we might take, but like, let us handle it. Our job still is to make sure that you guys are getting what you need. Um, so there's, there's definitely still some of that um, like process to establish and some familiarity build. For sure. I, I think that CrossFit, like you said, has always done such a great job explaining, you know, the stories within the affiliates or, you know, the really, the like big extreme stories of like the man who's 105 years old and still CrossFitting or the person who has (laughs) lost 700 pounds via CrossFit. Like I love those big stories, but I I also love the recent campaign that the magic of CrossFit campaign, Mm -hmm. because I felt like it did a really nice job telling those big inspiring stories and also telling the little stories like the little wins and the daily wins. And I felt like that was a really, that was the first time in a long time. And obviously like, you know, we all know the history of everything that's happened within the marketing (laughs) space at CrossFit. So it's, you know, it's been a rebuilding season, so to speak for a little Mm -hmm. while. And the, the craziness of the world over the last three years obviously has not helped and made that easier. But I feel like that was the first time in a little while that I've seen a campaign that I was like, holy shit, like this speaks to everyone. Like it is inspiring and magical without being overwhelming or intimidating. Cause sometimes yeah. only telling the big stories doesn't necessarily get the breadth across of, of all the ways that we can touch people's lives. And for sure, you don't, you don't want to get too far away by being like too inspiring or too, like I could never do that. Yeah. So I just, I just felt like, I don't know, kudos to you and your team, because to me, that was a really that was a really beautiful way to explain all the things we know and love about the sport because we're in it every day Yeah, on in a language that people maybe even outside of the gym for could sure. understand it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And like, I, I can't, I, I take exactly zero credit for any of that campaign. Like that was 100% um, our content and media team. Like they um, had been sitting on this idea for a while. Uh, I mean, they, came and shared some of that with a couple of us and said, Hey, like, we've been thinking about this for a while. We think it's really powerful stuff. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, yes, yes. So yeah. what, like, I don't even one, I don't know why you're asking for permission to like, let's get this done. Um, and it was, it, I think it like what you said um, about it being relatable and also being like the first time in a while that there, there was like maybe um, content coming out of CrossFit that felt voluminous enough that that actually told like a connected story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like a one-off piece and it wasn't just like a, like wasn't only focused on one particular thing. It was like a, it was a true holistic storytelling campaign. And um, we're, we're building on kind of some of the muscle that got um, developed in, in executing that campaign. Um, right now we're in the middle of, you know, building out a, a whole coaches campaign. So we're telling the story of, and we've actually already launched the first of this campaign 
Um, last week it was, um, we'll do six over the course of, uh, over the course of this quarter, six videos that will highlight different coaches in the community that have like a little bit of a different kind of bent and as to what, what they're really all about, what they're really excited about, why they got into coaching, what it means to them. Um, and we actually highlighted Scott Panchik on the first one. And yeah, I saw that come through. Like, that was great. Hey, like I'm known as a, as a, as an athlete, but what I really am as a coach. Um, and it's, it's really cool now that we're seeing some of that storytelling come to life. Uh, this campaign, I think is going to be even more exciting than um, the magic of CrossFit was because it gets even deeper into the root of like what makes this place special. Like magic CrossFit is a little bit ethereal. Like it's, it was, uh, it was like themes and um, really kind of um, it, like big idea stuff, but like, telling the story of a coach is like on the ground, what happens every day inside the affiliate. Like this is the relationship that we build. Um, and it's, this campaign is really cool. Yeah. That's cool. Cause it's, it's really what sets us apart from any other training program, right? For sure. Is like the roots that the coaches put down and, and the way that the gym sort of like grows through them and yeah. from them. So yeah. this is content that like, We've seen it because, you know, we follow CrossFit on Instagram and on YouTube. We subscribe and, you know, I get the emails. I got the Scott Panchik email to, to lead into the campaign. That was great. What are you guys doing to get those messages outside of just the CrossFit ecosystem? Because that's the hard part, right? Is like acquisition of new people and new leads sure. and new people stepping into the box every day because they saw something somewhere that wasn't yep. a subscription on YouTube. For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, so this is still, um, like we're still in uh, a learning phase, very much in a learning phase with regard to like what we're doing from a new user perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, we have been running since August of last year, some, um, some paid search. We've been running a little bit of, um, very small ad campaign. We've tested a little bit of paid social, um, really going after kind of what that next concentric circle is outside of like an existing CrossFit athlete. Um, and that next concentric circle is like somebody who's already involved in fitness, probably already understands like a little bit of what the CrossFit world looks like. Um, they might've already tried like other quote unquote functional fitness things. They might've already, um, spent some time in a traditional gym and realized that probably wasn't for them. Um, they may or may not have been active in other competitive environments. So that's like the next concentric circle out. They're still pretty kind of in our wheelhouse, like we can say for all intents and purposes, a pretty similar message that we've said forever, which is like get into the gym, do the really hard thing, make the choice to show up every day and like, you'll get results. Um, and that's never, that message I don't think will ever change. Um, it'll just be more, um, as we grow outside of that core, more people will be attracted to it. Um, mm -hmm. or they'll know somebody else who's been moved by it and will be more able to kind of recognize um, the stories that we're telling through the eyes of somebody they already know. So that's what that next kind of break is. Um, so we're, like I said, we're doing some paid marketing activities there, um, but there, we're still really, like I said, in a test kind of in a test environment here. Like what are the tools we can use? Um, what are the like assets that work really well in those environments? Um, because they're different, right? Like mm -hmm. a, 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 15 second pre-roll video that's going to run into display um, context is going to look a lot different than like a Scott Panchik video, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't um, just run a minute and 30 second long hype video um, that gets really nerdy on like methodology and like all the things that we know are really powerful about CrossFit and gets a little like takes it a step up like Mm-mm. community and you're welcome here and mm-hmm. set a goal and figure out how to achieve it. Right. Those are things that maybe are still relevant, but like relatable and approachable yeah. um, and makes it feel like anybody can walk in the door. Um, Cause that's what we're, that's what we're, we really need to figure out how to make clear to people is like, you can show up and you'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. Cause it feels like, and this is like, I'm putting on my super nerdy marketing hat. So like skip ahead to 30 <laughs> seconds at a time. If, if that's boring to you as, as you're listening, it feels like super low hanging fruit, right. To talk to like the boot camp people and the orange theory people and mm-hmm. the whatever people. And I'm always so curious because I'm a marketer. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious as to what the top of funnel messaging can be to get more people into our ecosystem. Yeah. You have to, I, I have to imagine that the average LTV, the lifetime value of getting someone into our system and into an affiliate and what that is worth mm-hmm. it far outweighs even the shittiest and most trying of <laughs> metrics in a post iOS yes. world as you're trying to figure out, like it's expensive to market to people effectively is what I'm saying. Like it's mm-hmm. really expensive. You got to put a lot of dollars in and not just like, on the HQ side of like the people that it takes to shoot the thing and edit the thing and your job, Keith, like outside of that, like it takes actual dollars in media For to sure. win, to, to win the, the really awkward and terrible auctions on social media <laughs> that allow your ads to get delivered to the right people. And so at the end of the day, it, it is hard to, to weigh those values against like spending money to make money, so to speak. But I Mm -hmm. have to imagine that once someone is in our ecosystem, the lifetime value of that person continuing to be signed up in an affiliate and do the open year over year and whatever sort of is like a, an even trickier metric to understand in Mm -hmm. order to outweigh the cost. And I I am fascinated by that. I am fascinated by what is the messaging to get brand new people, not, Mm -hmm. not worker outers, not, adjacent to crossfitters like what is the messaging that we can make and that mm-hmm. is truly that is truly what i think is going to get like boots into the grounds of, or wait wait yeah boots on the ground that's what i'm trying to say into yeah. the doors of new affiliates yes. which is what affiliate owners keep asking for right in mm-hmm. terms of marketing help they're like how do we get yeah. new people not how do i get the person out of the gym next door and into my gym nobody yeah. wants that how mm-hmm. do i get brand new people to set foot in my gym yep and say, I want to start this program. That's yeah. so hard. And I'm so here for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. And I mean, the other thing that, um, that's really interesting about all the stuff that you just said, which is probably our biggest challenge today, yeah. um, is understanding like what conversion actually means. Um, cause like in the context of, uh, you know, I came from, um, prior to, prior to here, I spent a decade in consumer packaged goods at Procter and Gamble, um, spend some time in like direct consumer startups. So like understanding what conversion means when you own a store and you own the checkout is really simple. It's like mm-hmm. this person came to the site, they bought, they checked out, they got it shipped to their house. Um, when your conversion or your funnel um, from a CrossFit perspective is from a brand perspective is like comes to CrossFit.com goes to learn what CrossFit is, maybe goes to find an affiliate on our map. And then disappears. 
Right. Because what we're really trying to do is get people into the doors of local affiliates. Like that's our job is to get more people to walk into the doors of local affiliates. But once they leave our ecosystem, we don't have a really good understanding as to whether a conversion actually happened. Um, so there's some improvements that we need to make from a tech, from a technical perspective and just some improvements we need to build um, in terms of relationships with affiliates to understand like, hey, are we actually, is this traffic that we think we're sending to your site actually landing and what's happening with it there? And then there's also some coaching that we can help provide, some mentorship that we can help provide to the affiliates, um, which is what some of the other stuff that we're working on to help them like, build better SEO capabilities and build better lead capture engines and build better tools to onboard new members. Like those are things that, um, that we can help with too. And that we should be helping with because the likelihood that somebody comes to our website, gets to our map, eventually lands on sugar and falls CrossFit submits a lead form, um, walks into the gym, does an onboard program, and becomes a member, like there's a lot of steps that have to take place from comes to CrossFit.com because of an ad and ends up becoming a member at mm. CrossFit Channel. It's a lot of fair. time. Let's be fair, Keith. They're coming to Sugar and Falls CrossFit for me. I mean, for come the on. Lord. Every, every time. That's every 100% of the time, 60% of the time. It works every it works. time. <laughs> no, but true. And in addition to like a lot of steps, a lot of time and like attribution windows are inaccurate at best. For sure. At best. <laughs> so like, <laughs> how do you, yeah, it's, there are so many, there's a ton of mechanisms you could put in place. Right. But like they want, they might not all work. Yeah. It's almost impossible to measure. Yeah. That's tough. That I, is tough. Why would it be impossible to measure? I mean, I don't want to be the, the dunce in the room, but I'm sitting there going, why don't we have an app? Like, why is there not a CrossFit.com app that people can download and they walk in my affiliate with a QR code and they go, Hey, I get a free drop in mm -hmm. and I scan their ass in and I onboard them. I'm introduced myself as the meme Lord and they're hooked. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an awesome idea. I think that's a, it, having what you need is you need like 10 ideas that are like that because not everyone is going to do one thing. So Correct. that's, that's one awesome, really simple way at it. You guys should hire John. That's what you should do. I, I just, um, that note's already been taken. Okay, perfect. It's, <laughs> TM, actually, trademarked by John. Uh, that yeah. that idea is now going to cost you $1 million. Yeah, yeah. No, but, like, but that's what you need is you need one thing. But then you have, yeah. you know, how many over 65 people who aren't super techie all the time who maybe saw a commercial like, on Facebook, which the younger demo is no longer on and they don't mm -hmm. know how to download an app, but they just like, they happen to live three blocks from a gym and they walk in there and how do you know you've captured that person? So mm -hmm. you just need like, you need like 10 avenues. You need gyms to have their own, uh, surveys for incoming people, but then you need the gyms to actually record that data and send it back to you. And then you need like, and you need to like, I don't know, bring all those different avenues and numbers together in some sort of yep. monthly or quarterly report that probably makes Keith's head explode. <laughs> and then you need to weigh that against the money you've already spent last quarter to be like, well, was it worth it? Because we're sort of already on track to spend that again. And if it wasn't worth it, it's my balls on the line. Yeah. And that's how marketing works, everyone. For yeah. sure. No, Thank I, you for coming to my other, TED Talk. And the other thing that, and this is, this is something that Don has been um, really great about, is like we're... Um, at the end of the day, CrossFit's in a, in a lot of ways still a very small company. Um, yeah. And we have to learn to operate like that. Like we have to be nimble enough and smart enough to like test things 
um, in a way that enables us to like, hey, if this is working, let's scale it. And if it's not working, like we need to move on to the next thing. So like understanding like what are the fail requirements for a test? Like if are we we can't just like run a thing and like, oh, it kind of worked. Let's just do it again. Um, we need to be able to run that test. If it didn't work, we need to have them like be able to go execute against the next idea. Um, and we're so we're building some of that muscle still, too. Um, and that's all, again, new stuff. Yeah. How much yeah, are you guys marketing um, for growth and how much are you marketing for internal growth like as a, the banker in me is always like you got three million people yeah. <laughs> that are uh are super fans and you have mm-hmm. to sell to them you have to yeah they want your product so you got to do and you got to do quarters you got to do you should probably start doing some other little comps here and there mm-hmm. generate revenue like how much of your kind of world is going all right we got to go gen up some money for this company mm-hmm. for our existing people. And then we also need to spend some time finding new, you know, new people. Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a super solid question. It's a, it's one that we've um, we, we play around with a lot from a, from a, from a content perspective, from a publishing per- perspective, from a storytelling perspective, like well, how much focus are we giving to our existing audience? Because they're really important and we love them. And like, that's our community and those are our people. Um, and then like, what stories are we telling to encourage other people to come into that fold? Um, and like, we also have businesses that have to continue to run and they run through like engagement with those existing. So we have, you know, 14,000 affiliates across the world. Like that's a business that has to keep running. Like what services do we offer to them? What um, programs do we offer to them? Um, and do we make clear that we offer to them? Uh, and then we also have a massive education business. We have 125,000 trainers across the world that um, have one of our certificates or credentials. And so we've got to figure out how to make courses that are relevant for them, how to make training education um, opportunities available to them. Um, those are all things that have to happen in the day to day. What's interesting about like the mix is I would say that 70% of our um, eh, and I don't want to like, don't put me on the market here, but uh, like 70 to uh, you know, 80% of our time and energy is spent making sure that those things don't break. Like our tried and true products and services have to get delivered. Um, and then 30% is like testing new products and services, new opportunities and new ideas. And then on the other end of the spectrum, from a storytelling perspective, we're trying to flip that a little bit. So let's spend 70% of our time and energy creating stories that will appeal to a new audience and then 30, you know, 30 to 20 to 30% of our time spending uh, storytelling to um, our existing audience. So making sure the products or services are available for our, for our existing audience, um, but then telling stories to go bring new people in. You know, I always, I always wonder with this existing audience, Keith, I was thinking about this during the open. I, you know, I got a pretty big gym. We have 160, 170 members probably. Mm-hmm. And I hope my co-owners don't get mad when I say this out loud, but there's a real sense of apathy around the open around a lot of those members, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it was interesting to me because I remember my experience as a new CrossFitter, you know, 2012, 2013, you know, coming in and doing seven minutes of burpees, <laughs> you know, 2012. Yep. Everybody's favorite, right? Yeah. That was my first open experience. I, mine too. And I loved it because it was yes. hella accessible. It was, it was yeah. a blast. Right. Like there was just something about it. it was different. And then as it grew over the years, you know, we started evolving into Friday night lights and potlucks and like kind of all the stuff that comes with it. And I remember big <laughs> viewing parties in the gym for 
open announcements and yeah. And, you know, we had some game, we had Scott would come do these things at our gym some. So we had some games athletes around competing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that was part of it. But, you know, this is my first year at the affiliate and I'm like, it's going to be the same thing. And it's like crickets, you know, yeah. I'm like those are the people I got, we've got to figure out how to connect. And I'm trying to, in my mind, go, how much of that's my responsibility, which, by the way, as a responsible person, it's probably 99% of it. <laughs> and, and how, <laughs> but how much of it also is, you know, you guys building this culture of, mm-hmm. you know, fun and excitement and community that they'll see. And I'm not sure yeah. how many of these, these new cross or, you know, newer CrossFitters, even existing ones, even think about mm-hmm. CrossFit.com or, yeah. or the Instagram page or the Facebook page or yeah. you know, wherever you're putting out your content. Yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, it's a really interesting, um, like conundrum in some ways, because the, what has happened. Um, and, and I, I see this super often in the affiliates that I drop into uh, often in the affiliate that I go to now. Um, and we actually learned some of this in some research that we did. Um, it was actually research that was commissioned prior to me coming on, but I got the benefit of seeing the result of all the research um, was um, there's a massive number of people who do not dis- there there to them. There is no difference between CrossFit, their gym and CrossFit HQ. Like they don't know that CrossFit HQ is even a thing. Um, so they, their experience, their, their total view of CrossFit is whatever happens in their gym. Yeah. Um, and that I think has been exacerbated and, and further um, enabled by the fact that every single CrossFit gym is its own brand in a lot of yeah, ways. 100%, um, and they have their own Instagram channel. They have their own coaches. They have their own influencers. They have their own communities. And like, if I walk into a gym, um, it, it, this actually like strikes home for me because um, when I first started this role, I would tell like f- folks in our in our ecosystem, like that we are around and we spend time with, Oh yeah, I started a, a job with CrossFit mm-hmm. HQ and they're like, Oh yeah, the one down the street. And I'm like, totally, totally no, not the one down the street. <laughs> Definitely not that one. Um, but that's what, I mean, that's what the average person thinks is like CrossFit. Their understanding of CrossFit is like the gym that they drive by every morning or yes. the gym that they belong to versus like, Oh, I didn't even think that there was a, like HQ isn't even the thing that I knew existed. Yeah. Um, and it's and some of that I think is probably the result of um, some of the like storytelling um, like chasm we created uh, a couple of years ago when everything just kind of went away, um, and then you know some of that team that ended up leaving created their own channels and their own brands and their own um, like storytelling engines that um, people now turn to that yeah. aren't necessarily called CrossFit anymore, but they talk about the things that we would have talked about. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's still a huge opportunity for us to get better at telling the CrossFit brand story from our platform and then figuring out how to effectively communicate through the brands that we've now created the 14,000 brands across the world that are individual gyms that we are still a thing that exists and is relevant. Yeah. Wait, can I tell a really fast story? Sure. So for sure. My brother, um, who is now within the CrossFit ecosystem, but wasn't for a very, very long time. um, No matter where I am in the world or what I'm doing, if I'm at a semifinal or like a local comp, or if I'm just like on Instagram or sometimes a clip from the podcast, no matter where I am, 
my brother always shares my content and is like, look, my sister's at the CrossFit Games. No matter what, like I've been doing this for a decade, right? Like I have been on the air at various things and I tell him, oh, this is a qualifier or like, Sam, this isn't even, this is just my gym. Like I'm just (laughs) on my gym's Instagram and he'll be like, check out my baby sister at the CrossFit games. Like no matter what. So I do think that there's definitely like a realm of misunderstanding, even from people who are close to what we're doing. For sure. Um, It's hard to separate what's what. Here's a proof point of why I, I believe the stats you guys are getting are completely true, Keith. And then I'm going to tell a Greg Glassman story. So I'm going to say this out loud so I don't get sued. This is an opinion and best of my recollection. Right? <laughs> Litigious audience. Yeah, I get all the lawyers can suck it. Um, <laughs> so back in the early, you know, again, it would have been that 2012 to 2014 era. I guess it would have been around the time Greg was getting divorced uh, from his now ex-wife. And I remember my coaches coming in talking about this of CrossFit maybe getting purchased, you know, and I forget who his ex-wife was trying to do this takeover of CrossFit and they're like fighting over CrossFit was basically it. And as a member, I didn't give a shit. Right. Like who, who's Greg, Greg, who, what's his (laughs) wife's name? Like, I didn't care. All I cared about was whether I could kip for handstand pushups or, and how many pads would I have to use? Like that's all I cared about. How bloody are my hands going to be today? Yeah. And I'm convinced that's what the, the everyday person, that's all they care about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they like, we used to even have the CrossFit journal and best day of your life could go into the comment section and post your time and then bitch somebody out for cheating. Like, (laughs) you know, and you don't even get to do that anymore. You know, (laughs) so they really don't care. They just want to go get their sweat on and then go deal with life's problems. Like, yeah, you're right. But I think that there are ways to get people to feel something about a brand without necessarily (laughs) giving two shits about it. Like this is a really tired example, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like when Nike does something, Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, everybody has a feeling about what that means to them. Mm-hmm. And it's usually for the most part, like a, a big, like, oh, of course Nike did that because they're great. Or like, of course Nike put that out because they can, like, of course mm-hmm. they, whatever. And, and that's like, a that's something that takes, it takes so long and it takes so much effort that even if you're not, I don't care who was hired or fired or did something there. Like it, it doesn't affect my life on a daily basis, but when the brand makes a move, when they mm-hmm. do something, I know what that means by the name of that brand. And it evokes some sort of feeling in me mm-hmm. because of how I view the overall brand. And that I think is what is important for you guys to keep building. It sounds like you're really well, on your way to yeah. figuring out what that strategy yeah. is. But like, I feel yeah. like that is the, the, the bigger ladder to the top mm-hmm. versus like, giving a shit about what happens on CrossFit.com. So just <laughs> right you know here. what I mean? Well, but write this down, Keith. I'm telling you right now, I've said this forever. So many needs to listen to me. It's a million dollar mm-hmm. idea. This is gold. Bring back the CrossFit journal and put he's right. He's got a notebook. Put everybody else out of business. I've said this forever. The he fact has said that, this is a long the time. The fact yeah. that morning chalk up exists is CrossFit's fault. For sure. It absolutely is. The The journal should tell every CrossFit story you can imagine. Morning Chalk Up should be so late to that story. People will be deleting that from their email. They'll unfollow and entry. <laughs> and I love, you know, Joe, if you're listening, I love you, bro. Like, we I'm love not you, Joe. Put, yeah, gonna, I'm just saying, like, why, are we, a- why is that news being broken by other people? Mm-hmm. Like, I got the press release today 
from CrossFit about, you know, looking for other locations for semis. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's great. Like I'm on the email chain, mm-hmm. but nobody else should have that. Yeah. It be coming out on CrossFit journal and we should all be subscribed to it because we know that's where it's coming from. Yeah. There is some power in owning your own narrative. There's also Mm -hmm. some strategy in having whatever reputable news outlets, quote unquote, like across the board, whether that be a publication or an influencer or whatever, whatever, like there are release strategies for different types of information. So I respect that too, but there definitely is a power in owning that narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, that's probably, um, I, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm, um, breaking anything, sp- uh, secret here. Like the, the conversation about bringing the journal back is constant. Cool. Um, and like That's trying funny. to figure out like what the right way to tell our story ourselves, um, like what the right way to do that is, um, is, is definitely a conversation that continues to happen. Um, in the meantime, like continuing to build relationships with other folks in the industry and the ecosystem that have started to tell stories that like the other thing about those, um, those platforms and those brands is like, if they, if we build great relationships with them, they're going to be, they're net positive. Like none of this is zero sum. Like we have an opportunity to like all lift the ecosystem together. And um, if we can, create the right, um, you know, the right relationship and the right opportunity to give certain types of information to them for us to reserve certain types of information for us. Um, it creates an opportunity for more people and more places to get exposed to the story that we want to get them exposed to, which is if you walk into a CrossFit gym, you, you can change your life. Right. And so like, yeah. I, I don't want to limit the places that that shows up. Um, but I agree with you, um, John, that like, there's certainly an opportunity for us to tell more of that story ourselves. And also like news was effectively created to become a watchdog of the people in power and of society, right? Former journalist here. Mm -hmm. Hi, how are (laughs) you? So like it is necessary. And whenever you're doing something right, you're going to have people out there to keep you in check. And that's, Mm -hmm. that can be a really great thing. And it can Mm -hmm. be a really great thing to hear contrarian opinions. And you know, it, it sucks because the internet, is a hot garbage fire and like people can't just be respectful, disagree, but be respectful and like have conversation and like push back on things. And yeah. other people be like, Oh, that's a good point. Maybe I'll change what I'm doing because of what you said. Like that doesn't exist because everyone sucks, but the basis for why it exists is great and true and probably yeah. will is a good thing for that to continue to exist. I don't think it matters if they suck. Oh, I <laughs> like do. I know I'm totally fine with whoever the who whatever unnamed person out there saying horrible things again my opinion not naming names whoever that may be let them keep doing it I'm saying CrossFit's making it too easy on them yeah like when, uh, the NFL, yeah. when the NFL does something behind closed doors guess where it stays behind closed doors until they're <laughs> ready to give it to you because they know people still want to report on the NFL. Yeah. People won't quit wanting to report on the CrossFit games. Mm-hmm. Don't toss some softball pitches. Yeah. You know, we're just making it too easy on the point, like control your yep. own narrative and then let them make up whatever stories they want to make up. Yeah. You know, that's For all. Sure. Love it. But. Well, I wish people were nicer. I'm throwing that out there. <laughs> just saying. Just, well, just saying. I think, I think, if you make it harder on people, though, they probably will be nicer because they're having to work a hell of a lot harder to get the news they want to give out. Mm-hmm. Some, when, some people will never be nicer. Well, maybe. I don't know. Like, I again, <laughs> I don't care if people are nice or not. It doesn't matter to me anymore. I mean, I guess it used to, but not as much as it did. 
you know, I, I always think that the positive stuff will shine. Like the beautiful parts of our community are what resonate with people. Mm -hmm. Like it really is like the things that, that do best within CrossFit are always the positive space. That's why you always see so many great stories about the adaptive athletes. Like Mm -hmm. again, no offense here, Keith, but it's been kind of like a, a tough season for the adaptives this year. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of, a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of weird stuff there, but man, like you, the inspirational stories that continue to come out of that yeah. are unreal. And that's why, like, it's a, it's a beautiful story. They're beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Positivity always, it always shines. And the relatability of our sport always shines. So I don't, yep. I don't think it doesn't matter how many crab apples you put into this. Mm-hmm. Like the community well, I think always rides to the top. I think what's really interesting is like, even, even, you know, we'll, quote unquote crab apple like even in that space like the stories that they tell that are the really positive ones are the ones that do the best anyway true right? like that's the um and and those folks like um remaining unnamed like they still have the same love for the for the like the positive side of this community and um i part of the reason that they um yell from the sidelines as loud as they do is because they want to see positive you know, things happen. And the only way they can figure out how to get that story heard is to, you know, use the voice that they've been given and um, like more power to them for, you know, creating whatever platform they have to find, you know, whatever like thread they can figure out how to pull on to like make that positive story come to light. Cause that's, I, I think at the end of the day, like that's what they're all trying to get done anyway is tell, you know, tell, um, the pot, like figure out how to uncover the positive story. Um, I feel like the way they go about that sometimes maybe isn't awesome. Um, but like the really good stuff, um, still bubbles to the top and it's all the same positive stories that happen inside the affiliates. I would day. like to say, we're not talking about anyone specifically. No, we're not I'm, named, I'm no talking about just the, just the internet, like just <laughs> in, in my mind, it's really like the way that things are received now on the internet and mm-hmm. on social media that that's really where the thought came from initially to me is it's like yeah. hard to have civil discussion, but even For like, sure. even like assholes having discussion is still necessary in the ecosystem of all the things that we're trying to build here. And so I'm in a weird way, glad it exists. It's just a bummer that it's sometimes so shitty. (laughs) This is an interesting community, though, that people are really, really passionate about it on all fronts. Like, I do think even the people that are, you know, there's obviously a lot of chatter around, you know, anytime you guys post a workout and one number is wrong. Oh, my God. You think the world's coming to an end, you know? And but I, I. I truthfully believe that's out of a, at least out of a good place of saying, Hey, we want perfection, like mm-hmm. about getting better and improving and, and being the best version of yourself. And why do you guys keep screwing this up? You know? <laughs> um, and so yeah. I get that, you know, I, and I think that's one of the kind of the fun parts of our community is there's so many people who are just so blindly passionate about it. They won't even consider any of fitness methodology. Those are the people you're marketing to. Yeah. You know, that's where your money is. That's yeah. what pays for this stuff. For sure. For sure. Go get that money, Keith. Come on, man. Let's figure <laughs> Go figure get it that out. Bread. Go get the bread. Come on. <laughs> hey, hey, Reeboks figured it out. They brought back the Nano 2s. They just thought, like, screw it. We're just going to go old school, hurt everybody's feet again, and make some money. <laughs> hey, Nano 2s were legit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like your arches, they're great. Wow. <laughs> nano 8s were really where it's at. Just throwing that out there. 
They'll probably bring those back too and charge 160 bucks for those because it's 120 for the nanos. <laughs> were nanos were nano twos the ones you baked? Were those the, the first ones? I think those the first ones. The first and ones. I baked my Oli lifters. Did you? That's how you know I'm old. <laughs> Keith, what, original... what shoes are you wearing these days? What are you wearing? Uh, I I go through a bunch of different shoes uh, for a bunch of different reasons, but the the main is just the the standard um, the standard Noble trainer, and then I have the Noble runners as well. We had um, Ari Hurst on here a couple of weeks ago and, and I asked her what she was wearing and she acted like I had just asked her for <laughs> the code to the front door to get into HQ or something. Like she couldn't <laughs> say anything but noble. I'm like, man, calm down. Like I get yeah. it. You guys all wear noble. It's fine. <laughs> we, we do. Uh, we do like our noble. Um, but like who doesn't, who didn't grow up in this space that also doesn't have a love for one of the nanos. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, we got to be honest. <laughs> right. Do you have you tried the runner pluses yet? I haven't tried those. I haven't tried the runner pluses. Um, I'm a I ran cross country and track in college. Um, I've always been a minimalist runner, uh, so I like yeah. running in kind of more of a minimalist shoe. So the runners, like the plain runners, um, the mesh runners are the ones that I run in now are just awesome. Yeah, they're super light. The ones that I run in. super airy. Um, and I have always been a really durable runner. So like don't have, I think I might have been listening to the episode, the Ari episode where you talked about you wanted to try those because you are dealing with like some shin splints or something. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need a really cushy. I've needed a cushy shoe ever since I trained. You might actually thing. try a posted shoe. What does that have, mean? Do you know what a posted shoe is? No. So this is the old runner nerd in me coming out and spent, okay. a lot, spent several years in a specialty running shoe store doing an anal- out gate analysis But a posted shoe is like, you're not going to find it in Noble. Um, You're probably not going to find it in like a fitness shoe. You'll find it in a true running shoe. But like, if you look at the inside of the shoe, um, so I'll show, like, this is a really bad example of my Birkenstock sandal. So like the inside of the shoe right here, there'll be a dual density foam and it's usually colored like dark gray or a different color to show this is posted. And so what that does is when you run, your foot is naturally going to pronate like this and with people who over pronate their foot's going to go in before it gets to the toe and what that does is it puts stress on the um on the inside basically the inside of your leg and that's what creates that those um basically i mean shin splints are essentially like very 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 tiny micro fractures totally yeah um and that like that tension on the bone when your foot is rolling in is what creates that so if you can create a posting which will slow that roll like slow your roll um yeah it will um allow you to roll off the toe as opposed to rolling off the inside of your foot first before you get to your toe i bought awesome running shoes at a specialty running shore store rather here in, in Rhode Island. And I, I ran the high rocks in them and my, yeah, I have been feeling really, really good in those, but they are just like so cushy and so weird. And all the foams are colored with different, whatever, whatever. So it sounds like I have, you probably have the right, you probably have the thing. Yeah. Yeah, Probably have the thing. And it's been helpful because I can't, I do really like the mesh noble runners that I have, but only for like, you know, work out four hundreds in them or something like that. <laughs> right. I can't really if I'm gonna go out on a run run, I need like a cushy as hell yeah. foam running shoe. Yeah. And, and I did this high rocks thing and I had to do the same thing. I had to go buy running shoes and I've literally not bought a pair of running shoes in over a decade. 
Mm-hmm. You know, everything in my closet is CrossFit shoes. So I call my coach <laughs> who runs a lot. She's like, go buy these New Balance 1080 version 12. Mm-hmm. You'll love them. Fresh mm-hmm. foams. And so I go to the store and I got my little list. <laughs> I tell the guy, all right, I need 1080 version 12 fresh foams, you know. And I put them on. I'm like, what is this sorcery on my feet? No, <laughs> they feel like pillows. I don't understand do. this. Running shoes are a different they beast, are. especially when you spend like most of your life in I mean, for all intents and purposes, like uh, our fitness shoes or our CrossFit shoes are like they're bricks. Yes. Yeah. And that's the way they're designed. They're supposed to be like super stable. They're not supposed to be cushy because your foot needs to be on the ground. Like nobody wants to be doing uh, high, like high rep thrusters in a shoe that's going to just be tipping all over the place. It's just recipe for not good things. Fun fact, I used to do all the marketing for New Balance Running. And oh, now nice. we've come full circle well, with all we... of our discussions tonight. <laughs> That's, <awesome. laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wish you could, could have gotten me a free pair because those things were expensive. And I, I know it. Wow. Right? Oh, my God. So I the only the reason why I went to go buy those new running shoes a few months ago is because we were doing high rocks and we were I was running more. And I was still running in um, in the shoes we got at the Under Armour summit and like you're supposed to change out your running shoes like you know every 200 miles or so if not more and every time i go get my gait assessed i feel like i've said this on the show before the guy's like shocked at how hard i heel strike mm-hmm. and it's not good like no. it's he's like the last time i was there he's like wow you're like hitting your shoes with like seven or eight times your own body weight and yep. all I can hear is Matt in the back of my mind, my husband being like, why are you stomping all around the house again? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just running. Or I'm just walking rather. Like, this is just how I walk. And he calls me Latterer. Do you guys remember Latterer the Pokemon? Mm, no. I'm, no, I'm made of rocks. bigger nerd than me. Okay. Made of rocks, very loud. That's what he calls me. He refers to me as Latterer because of how I heel strike around the house. Nice. He got me cushioned... Uh, like LL Bean cushion slippers because <laughs> like I'm slippers. so loud around the house. Yeah. Here are your tiptoe machines. Literally. Don't wake the baby up with your stomping. I love it. The baby. So. I love it. Terrible, terrible form. Keith, what's your role in, do you have any role in semis? Do you guys do any work for that? Um, yeah. I mean, so the sport is one of our lines of business. Um, so we're definitely doing some work to support like, got a bunch of email campaigns that are happening right now to support ticket sales. We have a bunch of, um, we do basically all the work with, um, to support kind of the execution of all of our partner deliverables. Like Ari was talking about that on her show. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, like we're, we definitely do, um, a lot of work. I'll be in Orlando. Um, I think I heard that you're going to be there too. So I'll yep. see you there. Um, and so that's the one that I will be at. And we actually just hired another, uh, a marketing manager um, that, that's on my team that will be actually be at the Pasadena oh, uh, yay. event too. I will so, see them. Yeah, that's uh, her name is Megan. So she's new and um, she's just kind of getting her feet wet and all this stuff. And it's amazing. Like I got hired last year, like I said, like the week, like literally the week before the games. So I came in, did my onboarding um, and then everybody left for the games. And I didn't go to the games because I had been planning at all. Like hadn't, I didn't even know I was going to join the team. Um and then everybody came back and I'm like ready to go. But I, nobody told me that like work stops. You take a break. You like get five everybody's minutes Everybody's gone. So I'm like, yeah. well, I guess I mean, I mean I'm here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> like, oh God. Empty, like the equivalent of like an empty conference room, but like yeah. 
an empty Zoom call always. Um, but she's like on the complete opposite end of that spectrum. She's like jumping in right before like the chaos, the full yeah. like bit of chaos starts. And so she's like, I got a call from her earlier today. She was like, what's happening? <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> it is happening. <laughs> All of it. That's fun. That's a so, yeah, fun time. It's awesome. And it's, I mean, honestly, for both of us, it's our first like, first time to do this dance um, yeah. of like getting everything ready for all the events and planning for kind of all the stuff that has to get done in order to execute live streams and shows and podcast episodes and, all, you know, all the stuff that goes down and you guys are well aware of all that, like kind of all the, how that stuff works. And um, we're both just kind of like, Oh man, here we go. Yeah. And it's, and it's awesome. The um, community <laughs> events I saw were just added to the lineup for semis. Like, what a fun! I know yeah. it's not. I don't want to like call it a marketing tool, but it totally is. Like, it's another in, way to get some ways, the message yeah. to people. Like, now you can participate. It's yeah, sweeten the deal, so to speak. Yeah, and it's, it, the, those events are going to be cool. Like the semifinal throwdown is going to be really cool because it's going to give folks an opportunity to like go out on the competition floor on the actual on the same live field of play that the athletes were on and test a version of the exact same workout that they did. Right, so it's like. Um, we don't know what those workouts are going to be yet, but like, we'll have an opportunity to like step onto the same field of play and like use the same implements that the athletes were using and go through the same structure of the workout, have some judges available to kind of say like, no, you got to make sure you get all the way down on that squat mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, whatever it happens to be. And, um, I, I think it'd be really cool. Like we all it, at the games forever, there's always been like opportunities for people to do workouts, but never really on the field of play. And this is going to be, I think, an, a, a new opportunity for people to engage in kind of that that sport um, in a little bit of a different way. So, Dude, another thing I've said forever, you should be turning semis and the games to some degree into like minor league baseball. You, you ever go to minor league and they do like dizzy bat race? Yes. <laughs> like the, yes. the beauty of these events is everyone in the stands is always dressed like they're ready to work out. So what's keeping yep. you guys in between workouts going, we need two people from the stands to come sign a liability and do max rep pull-ups. Yep. <laughs> they do that. They do that you know? sometimes like the MCs will pull people down for like, you know, what, like push up max push up contest or something like that. They totally do that in a sense, yep. but you're right that like everybody dresses for the event. Like some like team is going to be like, our person didn't show up you in the crowd. We need you down here. Like everyone's yep. ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Well, so you know, we were, we were having a really cool conversation yesterday with one of our partners about, and they were asking, they're like, well, so, cause we were talking about the semifinal throwdowns. They're like, well, why'd you guys, like, what are you guys doing that for? Like, what's the purpose? And, and I mean, the short version of that, of the answer that we gave is like, uh, everybody wants to work out. Like, why yeah. wouldn't we give it a chance to do it? Like people in this community are a little bit weird and that they, they like to suffer. Uh, so like, why wouldn't we let them <laughs> jump on board yeah. and have at it? Right. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Love it. Big, big fun. Well, if I'm there, I'm not doing max rep pull-ups. So don't call me out of the audience. I'm going to be drinking oh, or hanging oh, no. out. You're going to do both. You're going to be hammered doing max rep pull-ups. 100%. <laughs> oh, wow. It's even worse. I have, I have not <laughs> been drinking at all for like the last six weeks like me none. either for eight and days my liver is untrained so if that happened i would puke like <laughs> my liver it is, is it is it is back. It comes it's, back it's like riding a bike john it comes back my liver's like an 18 year old liver though like you know at this point <laughs> no like, there's nothing stronger than an 18 year old liver it, it it's, the opposite. it's like a virgin again <laughs> you know it's, it's terrible reborn <laughs> it is it's the only the only organ that you know repair yourself so we can retrain that <laughs> yeah well we'll see
We shall see. I, regardless, I'm not going out there and doing max rep pull-ups or air bike or any of that shit. I'm just watching fitness. It's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, same. It'll be fun stuff. Well, It will be fun. Well, I I won't be getting down to Cincinnati to see anytime soon, Keith. I'm, Nick, I mean, when you say that top of the show, he lives in Cincinnati. So we worked oh. out together last time I went down to see Meg. and yeah, yeah. Uh, But she's done with school for the semester. So she'll oh. be home. Saturday, so I'm not going to see you to the fall. I guess I got to come all the way up to Cleveland then. Yeah, Yeah. you could. Come to Sugar and Falls and hang out with us. I might have to give it a shot. I mean, the weather's getting ready to turn around enough um, that, like, Cleveland becomes awesome. Yeah. I mean, becomes awesome. Cleveland's I mean, look, there is nothing okay about Cleveland when it's cold. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know you're right. Cleveland sucks. sucks. It's fun in the summer, though, and we have a lot of great stuff going on. We have some uh, really awesome adaptive athlete classes happening right now. We'll, you know, we got Murph coming up. We got a lot of fun stuff. It's going to be good. Love it. You're always welcome. Anytime. Awesome. Good stuff. Otherwise, I'll come back down to Cincinnati, let you kick mass and work out again. There you go. Good plan. We'll we went to Zach, Watt, Zach Watch Gym, which is CrossFit oh, Illuminate, yeah. and uh, Zach's a very good coach, and he, he programmed this terrible workout. It was, if I remember right, it was like seven rounds of, uh, how many to- It was like 12 toes to bar, 30 double unders, and then you and your, you, you and your partner would both yeah. do that, and then you would do max rep power cleans or squat cleans. They weren't even power cleans. or squat, squat cleans. Until you gathered 100 of them. Yeah. And um, each yes. round, each round was like four minutes or something like that. It was four minutes. And I think the cap was seven rounds. But if you finished the hundred before that, you right. got to you got to um, watch everybody else suffer. Yeah. Damn. And I, I you took full advantage of all seven rounds. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I was going to say seven rounds. And that's, that's not a lot to get. Well, I will done. think well, if, if, if I had no problem with the toast mm-hmm. bar. I knocked all of those out. No problem. The double unders, no problem. That's a lot of squat cleans, That's man. It is a lot of squat cleans. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, Zach's like every other games athlete. Like, he's just looking at me like, who is this idiot? Like, no wonder he does memes. You know? Sir, what are you doing here, sir? Yeah. No, no but they've, they've got a great thing. Uh, Mike, who we who you met there at that, mm-hmm. um, at that too, Mike Halpin, um, who does a bunch oh, of like. I love Mike. Yeah. yeah. He, Mike he's was in, my He's like, in Cincinnati, too. Yep. Um, so we've, we've dropped into a couple gyms together, but Mike has been going to illuminate now. Like he goes every single Saturday to their nine o'clock community class. Fine. Um, Cause he's, he's a like, garage gymmer, right? He is. Um, yeah. which is how he and I kind of originally connected. We were like, Hey, we're Fine. both doing this thing. Like what program are you doing? What program are we doing? Yeah. So we've been doing, we did a squat program together over this, over the winter. And, um, and so, yeah, we're kind of just, um, dropping in wherever we can, uh, and having a good time with that. So, but Fine. yeah, he's, he's like, dude, I've been going every Saturday. It's awesome. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Mike was my eyes and ears at Wadapalooza. Oh, Thank nice. God. Yeah. That's right. He told me that. Yeah. He told me that it was like stage manager or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Best. It was so helpful. And he's like, also just like a, like a crazy good stats guy, kind of like a Chad. So that was also super helpful to yep. have as a resource. Yep. Yeah. All right. right. Well, this has been fun, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Loved it. Let's all let's all go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's like ten o'clock separately. It is it is bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you guys so much. I'll see you in Orlando for sure. We're only like three weeks away. I know. Man, that's wait. And uh, Nikki, I'll just see you soon. Either way. Yeah. Likewise. All right. (laughs) Awesome.
Well, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining this evening and we'll chat with you guys soon. Thank you guys.